When all is said and done, who is it that tells the story of my life? Who is it that says, this is what my life means? Whether we realize it or not, there are stories being told of our lives. Before we were even born, there were people telling stories about us, stories about who our people are, who we belong to. There are stories being told about our birth, about the things we've done in our lives, both our failures and our triumphs. But when all is said and done, who is it that has the final word on our lives? When we come to meet Jeremiah today, it's helpful to have this question in view. He was someone in exile, someone who had lost everything, who was often under a kind of house arrest, trying to give witness to another way. In our passage today, the kingdom of Judah is under the leadership of anything but a righteous king. Zedekiah, whose name literally means, the Lord is my righteousness. Zedekiah appears in a line of kings whose track records vary. The kings that Jeremiah's people have seen have lost sight of their primary vocation, that is to shepherd the people, to tend to them, and ensure that especially the weakest members are cared for. These kings have not been real shepherds, have not been able to gather up the people, and were distracted by their own greed. Jeremiah's abandoned people suffer greatly under this leadership, and they long for a shepherd who will really shepherd them, someone who attends to their needs and can lead them to a place of security. The Babylonians come and conquer Israel and exile them. The people are scattered and all that they had known, all that they had seen and wanted, all that they had said, this is our life, it was gone. Home is no longer home, but a shadow of what they once knew. But Jeremiah proclaims that their exile is not the final word. He proclaims that God sees their pain and knows their struggle and will put all things to right. Jeremiah receives a vision from God about the one who would deliver them. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. God says that the Messiah's name will be the Lord is our righteousness, a clever Hebrew play on words, indicating that the Messiah, the anointed one, will be truly righteous and will gather the broken pieces of Judah and make them whole. For Jeremiah, God is unfailing love, unfailing love forever. The book of Jeremiah is filled with loss and heartbreak because of the unfaithfulness of the kings and the unfaithfulness of God's people. But Jeremiah's vision, the vision that we are given a glimpse of, is that God is unchangeable, faithful love. God does not give up on anyone, no matter what they have done, and no matter what has been done to them. God is eternal, unfailing love. 
The love that can only come from God is what pours out onto you and me. God's faithfulness to each person in here is that God does not abandon us to the darkness of this world, even when we do not know what is next. God's promise to you and to me today is that we can be held in God's eternal love. On the last day, all of the losses that we have had, all of the tears that we have shed in this life will be wiped away and remembered no longer. God will blot out our transgressions and the transgressions done against us. And God's righteousness will have the final word. God's love will be in us. As it says later in Jeremiah, I will be their God and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, know the Lord, for they shall all really know me. To know you are loved with an everlasting love that is sealed in each one of our hearts. That is the promise that God makes to each one of us. In our gospel today, we see this covenant love being poured out emphatically in Jesus on the cross. The people who once welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem on a donkey and praised Jesus have now turned against him and handed him over to be crucified as a criminal. This is one of the darkest parts of the Bible, when those that seemed like friends now appear as enemies, when those who were for Jesus now appear against him. But despite all this betrayal, despite all this faithlessness, God is still faithful to us in Jesus when he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Even when we may not realize it, even when we don't have the eyes to see God, God is still faithful because God has made an eternal covenant with all of creation that is not conditional on how well we uphold our promises. God will always be love, will always be the one who raises up what is lowly, who makes our crooked ways straight, who is unconditional forgiveness. God is gathering and will ultimately gather all together. And our vocation as Christians is to be part of that gathering work, to gather those who are lost, to tend, to build up. On this side of eternity, on this last day of the Christian year before a new one begins, we can still see only partially what it means for us to proclaim Christ as King is that whatever we have faced will be redeemed because those things are not what get the final word on who we are. Our king is gathering up all of our broken pieces to make us whole as a shepherd who shepherds the flock. We still live in the vagaries of history. We still do not see things as they are, but we can be sure of this. God's covenant love is everlasting God's faithfulness endures forever. And on the last day, Christ will raise us up with him. And yet in this time, God gives us only a promise, only a word, only a sight and a touch. This day, Christ our King looks tenderly into your eyes and into mine and gives the final word on our lives. That is, you will be with me in paradise. Amen.